0: Well my name is Paul, um, I've been around this place for a little while now uh, and uh, served in different areas in music and uh, back in the day in youth. Um, I guess my wife and I, we, we started a young family, with we two young kids and we went through a bit of a stage where I, I guess it was, it was easy for us to take a bit of a back seat and uh, not really feel like we had to turn up every week or, or be involved because it was a bit of a different season for us. Um, And we were okay with that. But um, as our kids got a bit older, we really felt that um, we wanted to be an example to them of of what it meant to be a part of a church and what it meant to serve God and and to experience God. And um, so we really felt that we had to be intentional about uh, being consistent, uh, about turning up, um, even when we didn't feel like it. uh, And maybe they didn't feel like it either. Um, But we really wanted to be consistent and, and that meant if we decided we wanted to serve in a different area that we did it and we turned up um, and yeah so now i find myself in a a very interesting place where somehow uh, someone convinced me to uh, lead at Stumpy's on a Wednesday night. Um, it's been really good fun uh, with uh, a couple of old youth leaders with Nick and Maka and, and with Troy as well, um, kind of wrangling around sort of year three and four boys uh, which is a great fun way to spend your Wednesday night. But uh, for me it's really about um, I guess showing my kids uh, what it means to be a part of a church. It's bigger than us, it's bigger than me. It's, um, and I want them to own it. I want it to be their church, not my church. I I want it to be theirs, and I want it to be their community. but it's been a real surprise. I've, I really loved coming along and, and seeing young kids that might not come from a church background hearing about a God who loves them for the first time, hearing the story of the Good Samaritan and how just a simple act of kindness goes such a long way and just seeing how they just they just grab those stories and um, stories that Jesus told and sometimes us adults can over complicate um, but these kids just just take it for what it is and it's just been such a great privilege to be a part of it and, and, and i'm really loving it
1: hi my name is kathy higgins i've been involved in Ridge church for about the last 15 years um, been doing meals ministry heading the meals ministry for the last couple of years with that really loved it because i get to see god in action through the meals in the community i love cooking and i also get to meet new people For the last three years I've been looking after my mum in end of life chronic health concerns as well as Alzheimer's and dementia and it's been really hard and particularly the last 12 months of her life was very intense and I couldn't leave the house without anybody being at home and so consequently my life pretty much came to a grinding halt as well as church and everything. And so I really felt that the Meals Ministry was my connection to a lifeline through that Time because it allowed me to still come and do that, but just stay connected to the church and to God through that when I was really stressed. Mum passed away in mid-November and I have had the opportunity to start coming back to church. On Sunday when Brendan preached about running our race and the line and our perception of that line and going from A to B and how we do that, I just really felt that my truth was I had stopped running the race completely. And so after church, when prayer was offered, I decided I wanted to go up and I spoke to Rod Van de Clay about my issues that I've just mentioned. He prayed with me in particular about um, God coming, having opportunities with God during the week and being focused on God and for doors to be opened for reconnection. After church, through conversations, it became apparent that uh, there was a vacancy for a couple in a home group. Haven't been involved in a home group for about four years, just due to pressures and life with mum and things like that. But when I heard this, it was like it was like a door really did open, and it was it was the right thing and the right time. It was the right demographic the right type of group, the right type of study, the right place. And I looked at my husband, he looked at me and we just went, "Yep, now's the time. So we decided to join that home group and we went on Wednesday night and we really loved it. It was comfortable, it was friendly, it was a great study. And this week I felt really focused on God. I really felt some more direction in my life and I feel like I'm getting back
2: on track. Hi, I'm Emma Burstow and my story is that I come from a background where my family didn't do any church at all. I grew up on a property that was six hours um, west of Townsville. So I had no church experience at all. And I came to youth group when I was in high school. And from that, I just um, really got to be involved in church and ask questions and learn about things and learn about God. And um, from that, I've just had um, I guess a lot of things open for me. I really enjoy serving at church and I've had um, so many good experiences um, getting to know God through serving people and through meeting people that I would never have met um, through home groups and through um, Saturday morning Bible studies and through youth group. My journey at church is still going. I haven't got things all figured out, um, but I'm still serving and I'm still um, learning about God.
3: Hi, my name is David Deng. my story is that this year in 2021 I came to Humridge and I spoke to Ross about some things that were challenging for me last year in 2020 when churches were closed. And something that I found challenging after the churches closed was just my relationship with God was kind of drifting and it was kind of it wasn't as present as it used to be. And so I spoke to Ross about it and asked for help. And I remember two days before I spoke to Ross A friend of mine, Alex von Zanten, he actually encouraged me to come back to church. And on the same night he encouraged me. I reached out to Ross, and two days later, he made himself available, and I spoke to him about what was going on, and he just kind of gave me back guidance and advice of what I should do, and um, what he thought would help me. And at the end of our conversation, I remember he gave me a book to read. I wasn't expecting the book, but, um, I recently finished the book and through reading the book it's kind of helped me in my walk I guess with God just kind of show me things that I didn't understand previously and it's been a better understanding and it's also made me more aware of what was going on around my life in terms of the people and the things I was allowing into my life. And I've come more conscious of the people that are there for me, my leaders. In youth group, my leaders that were there at Stumpy's, and just the people that have been in my life as a positive example. One of the biggest takes that I've learned so far in this year is to not be more, to not be a spectator, and to be more involved and get around things and not just kind of stand on the side and just watch things be done to you. I guess kind of go out of your way to help other people. And for me, it's been showing up to Stumpy's and showing up to youth group on a Friday night and just helping kids. Because when I was growing up, my leaders had the same kind of choice. They could have been a spectator, but instead they were there, they were helping me and they were involved. And that's been something that I've been wanting to do this year. I guess not be a spectator, but get involved with the programs.
4: Um, my name is Peter Dame, and um, yeah, we're not, a, we're not related. So <laughs> my story is basically this year, I had a, um, I had a morning tea with Ross and Jackson, and, um, We just had a talk about just making better friend groups, so not just uh, drifting away. So yeah, that really helped me this year just to make better friends. And coming to grade 13 and youth and church as well, just um, really got me closer to God and just put my focus point. Instead of, you know, uh, being in school, I couldn't really focus, but just being here just really allowed me to do that. So basically this year um, I've had a lot of choices just with finishing school, so I knew I just had to make the right choice and just make that that wise choice that that just helped me this year a lot. So just being able to come here, I could just make the wise choice and um, just get to know God better and just focus on Him more. And being a part of this church just helped me with that a lot.
5: I want to thank those who shared in that short video. That's our church, and that's some of the stories. I want to start by firstly thanking so many who last week generously took care of a need that we had to pay for a new sound system for the chapel. I shared last Sunday morning that our sound system in the chapel had a number of pieces of equipment, a number of parts of that, that had come with us from Margaret Street. And uh, a few weeks ago, those pieces of equipment spectacularly passed on and no longer worked at all. We have been borrowing Brendan's own personal country music music system, which somehow changed the sound in there to a much twangier sound. (laughs) I said last week that we are using that space constantly. Stumpies, youth, prayer service, weddings, funerals. By Friday, we had what we needed to move forward to replace the system. And I want to say honestly, how amazed, humbled and grateful I am. So thank you. Today I wrap up this series that we've been sharing in the past couple of weeks on "We the Church," and we've seen and heard via the video some of our church's stories, some of what humorage is. I want to speak about our church, this particular ecclesia. The Greek word used in the New Testament, which simply translates meaning assembly or gathering. I want to talk about our particular gathering, but I'm going to begin by talking about something I've gleaned from another church, another particular assembly, Menlo Church in America. This was the church that John Ortberg was senior pastor of for many, many years. And because I'd always enjoyed and benefited from the books he wrote, I took a bit of an interest in how they did church and what was happening in the church he served in. And one of the things that I've come to really appreciate about this particular gathering, this church, was that they have this very short summary statement about the type of church they're seeking to be. And that statement is this. Everyone's welcome. No one's perfect. Anything's possible. It's the first statement that a person sees when they click on the website. And it is featured in multiple messages that the church hears. And from the photos I see, that statement is plastered on the walls and the screens of their buildings. We'll put it back up again if we can. Just that slide. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. Anything's possible. I like it. So much so that I borrowed it for the youth group. This morning I want to focus on part two of that statement Nobody's perfect. We all know that, I think. Nobody's perfect. And that goes for this church community. And I think it's important that it's acknowledged. We're not perfect. The Apostle, Paul, the Apostle Peter wrote these words many years ago. And he's speaking to followers of Jesus. And he says this, All of you, all of you, clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble so humble yourself therefore under god's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time first peter 5 people who are humble get that they are not more important than others but they also understand clearly that they are not less important than others people who are humble get that they're not more important But they also understand clearly that they're not less important than others. They know that they are not perfect and they therefore do not put that expectation on others. Martin Luther, the great reformer of the church, once said, Humility is the decision to let God be God. Humility is the decision to let God be God. Tim Keller writes of C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, who makes a brilliant observation about gospel humility at the end of his chapter on pride. And he says this, if we were to meet a truly humble person, Lewis says, we would never come away from meeting them thinking they were humble. They would not always be telling us that they were a nobody because a person who keeps saying they are a nobody is actually a self-obsessed person. The thing we would remember from meeting a truly gospel, humble person is how much they seem to be totally interested in us. Because the essence of gospel humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself. It is thinking of myself less. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if one of the real markers of this church, this assembly, humorage was gospel humility? Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if if we could get that? If that could be us? You see, I believe that humble followers of Jesus see more, they're more self aware. And they do better at seeing how their words and actions and attitudes affect others. And they allow God to work in them to help them do better in building others up. In helping reveal the worth that the other has in God's eyes. Humble followers, gospel humility, followers of Jesus, see the trying in the lives of others and they give credit for that. I believe that humble followers of Jesus recognise they need help in life. They're open to listen and learn. They don't try to have all the answers. And as a result, they are far more empathetic towards others. They realise that others may have needs as well and need help from time to time. They take an interest, a genuine interest, in the stories and wisdom of others and are more in tune to serve others in the name of Jesus. I believe humble followers of Jesus recognize their need of God. They need him, not just to save their souls, but they need him on a daily, hourly basis to navigate life wisely and to be able to love others as they've been loved by God. That recognition of their need for him drives them to regular prayer. Because at a deep level, they get that he's God and they're not. Humble followers of Jesus see God at work. They are better at seeing answers and blessings and do way better at appreciating them and way better at appreciating God. And I would even go as far as to say that a prideful follower of Jesus doesn't exist. All of you. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. God opposes the proud. One commentator has written that God opposes the proud because the proud oppose God. The proud, those in their arrogance who deep down believe that they really have little need for God or any sense of a need to submit to him. The heart of pride never confesses, never really repents, never sees a need to ask for forgiveness. And pride comes at a high price. Tim Keller has said that pride is the carbon monoxide of sin. It will kill you without you even knowing it. It will kill you without you even knowing it. God opposes the proud. And I want to say to you that when I read those words, I find that teaching so sobering. It pulls me up, it stops me in my tracks. It makes me reflect. I hope for our church that we will be an assembly marked by humility. That it will not be just something that is spoken about, but it will be at the core of how we go about being church. I want to say that I am grateful, deeply grateful for this church, this assembly. I am proud to be part of it. Proud in the sense of being honoured to be part of it. I feel honoured that I can be part of this assembly. And I am often humbled and amazed that I, as I see God at work in and through the lives of his people. I really am. I have found this present season of our church life quite challenging. And I have to admit, there have been many days when I feel out of my depth. I feel overwhelmed And I sometimes at the end of the day uh, day, think to myself, what am I doing? I have felt a little battered from time to time. But the truth is also that in this season I have found that God is faithful. He is generous and he is gracious and he has not left us. Tim Hanna took, a, took some sessions at the staff retreat on Monday and in one of those sessions he posed the question, if there are 50 other churches in Toowoomba and Hume Ridge is the 51st church, why is it needed? Why do we need it? And I've been thinking on that question all week. I also read a book that sought to answer the question, and the question was on the front title, the front cover Why People Need Church. I want to say that I don't think I've figured everything out yet, but I want to honestly say a couple of things. I don't know if you need Hume Ridge. I really don't. I don't know all of your stories. So I don't know if you need humorage, but we need you. Humorage needs you. The church needs you. We need you to be the church imperfect and humble, obedient and gracious, welcoming and accepting. And I say this as strongly as I can. I sincerely believe that there are many in our community of Toowoomba who need Humoridge. Not the building. They need you, who are Humoridge, to ready yourselves and make space for them so that they can come like Emma did and try to figure out for themselves who this God is and the stuff about his son Jesus. They need a church who will accept them and respect them for who they are, not who they're supposed to be. They will need people to be patient and kind and generous. They will need to find a place where they feel love and healing and grace. There are many in our community who are hoping for a church like this. They need God's idea of church. Each of those stories that you heard on the video are important because that's us. Each are on their own journey and everyone's journey looks slightly different. None of us do it quite the same. And different things and different people are used by God to help as we make our way towards him. And God has been at work through this church, supporting, encouraging, resourcing, including and involving. I want to pick up just on Finch's story, part of what Paul shared, he spoke about part of his deal, a surprising development that he finds himself now back as a Stumpy's leader after all of these years of sitting in retirement. He's leading along some other veterans. Here's a photo from last Wednesday night. The fabulous four... Or maybe I should refer to them as the frail four at the front. We're going to hold that photo for a while, boys, so don't change it. Macca, Troy, Finchie and Nick. They boost the average age of Stumpy's leaders quite considerably. And they are back in action. And most Wednesdays they work hard. And when they leave, they look like it. Let me tell you about the little bloke on Nick's shoulder, the little fella in the brown shirt. I've asked his grandma if it's okay to share and she said she was really proud that we would talk about it. You see, this little fella lives with his grandmother. His grandmother cares for Tariq and his sister because life has, has so far not been easy or fair For this little fella, it's been pretty tough, actually. But he loves coming along to Stumpy's. He doesn't miss. He gets picked up on one of the buses. And then he goes back home to his nan's every Wednesday night on a bus. He comes to homework help each Tuesday. And again, he goes home on one of our buses. And next week, he and his sister are going to make their debuts on Sunday church. This little fella doesn't have his father around at all. And so at the moment, Nick is a big deal. And so when we were setting up to take this photo and Nick moved to the front, I watched this little boy do everything he could to push through the crowd so he could stand beside Nick for the photo. Nick fortunately saw him caught behind some bigger kids and he turned around and he picked up this little fella and he put him on his shoulder. The next slide is him after Stumpy's with, with his sister. A couple of weeks ago after Stumpy's he asked if he could vacuum. I said yes, not realising that he had a lot more in mind than just a quick run over the chats area. For the next 30 minutes, he went back and forth. He weaved around the tables and chairs. Some areas got vacuumed twice, others missed out completely, but he just kept going. It was all done with the utmost concentration and seriousness. And when I finally brought his work to a halt and told him that it was all done, he told me that that was the first time in his life he'd ever vacuumed. And he said to me, can I do it again? He has for the last three weeks vacuumed. Each week as creative as the week before. So maybe that's why we're here. Maybe that's why we're here. Maybe we're here for him. Maybe we're here for him. He's worth it, according to God. A couple of the stories Jesus told seem to indicate that one is a big deal in God's eyes. Anyone and everyone. Maybe we're here, Humerich, to give this kid a shot at experiencing God's love and becoming a follower of Jesus helping him to go from here to there, as Brendan shared last week. Maybe in doing this thing called church, each of us doing our part, not as perfect people, but as humble, grateful, trusting servants, we not only give others the chance to know God, but in the process, we get to know God better ourselves. And we experience his grace and his love and his mercy in fresh ways. I want to say to you that I know that there are many others like that little bloke with their own stories, different ages and stages, different hurts and hopes, but all loved dearly by God the Father. And they need us to be the type of church that God gave his son for. So, what does this all mean? Well, I think it means that if we want humility to be front and centre of who we are trying to be as a church, then we as the followers of Jesus need to seek individually, with God's help, to clothe ourselves with humility and to clothe ourselves with humility towards one another. Towards one another. To look for the best in others. To give each other the benefit of the doubt, to look for ways in which we can share the load, not add to it, to seek to figure how we can build rather than tear down. We will ask God individually that He will help us to humble ourselves, because the other option isn't a good idea. We will see this virtue as one that has to be pursued in our lives. It has to be a lived value that should guide and inform and direct the way we interact with all people in all circumstances. Because we know ourselves as imperfect and because we know that we have been recipients of grace, we will seek to be grace givers. We will seek to be a bit clearer about what the church is and who the church is. someone was to come to me and say put together a little short pithy statement for Hume Ridge I think I'd borrow Menlo's I think that's what I'd borrow I'd want to know that we were a church where everyone no matter who no matter what would know that they're welcome I would want to actually reinforce that you do not have to be perfect to be part of this and that we all acknowledge that we're not. And I would want to point them towards a God who makes anything possible, who is in the business of transforming lives, of bringing about forgiveness and freedom. Church, I hope, My hope is that we will continue, because I think we have been doing this, making space for people, no matter what, no matter where they've been, so that they can, at their pace, figure out who God is and who they are in God's eyes. I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you are here. I'm not sure that you need Hume Ridge, but we need you. And there are many people like that little boy Tariq who need Hume Ridge. So I'm going to pray now and then Brendan (coughs) will take us through our last song. At the end of the service, like we did last week, we're going to offer um, the opportunity for people to pray for you, if you would like that. The five who featured in the video are going to come to the front and they will pray. They just found out. <laughs> they will pray for you. <clears throat> they will stand and pray. Some of the elders will also make themselves available. But I want to encourage you that we are the church. We are rich. And God is trusting us. He is trusting us in this place, in this community, this wider community, <clears throat> to revere him, to represent him, and to reveal him to the people who desperately need to know. Would you pray with me? Father, we humbly, we we honestly want to we want to do the humbly stuff better. We need you and we need your help. We don't want to just think we've got it all together or we think we know exactly how we need to do everything. We want to submit ourselves to you and ask, please, for wisdom and guidance and help. We as a church don't want to just be about turning up and and taking. We want to serve you. We want to be ready to share your grace with others and we want to point people towards you because you are God. So Lord, I pray that you will guide our church. We we are very aware that in this community there are many, many great and wonderful churches help us to do our part. Help us to do it faithfully and humbly. And we just thank you for your son, Jesus, and we pray this in his name. Amen.